Don't bluff, baby. Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Savage, the coach of the Savage Strikers. We're here today for the first BBL episode of the year. And I'm joined here by my trusty co-host, co-host, Mikey, the coach of Trip Cricket Mafia. How are you, Mikey? Good, Savage. Good to be back on a BBL podcast. It's been a while and I'm Glad you remembered I'm Trip Cricket Mafia for the Big Bash season. So, uh, yeah, primed in and, as always, um, excited for another Big Bash season. I'm very excited as well. I think when it first got announced and first, like, when the off-season happened and there was a bit of hype about it, I wasn't that excited. But the minute it opened and the draw came out, I was just so excited. I think it's going to be a very good year for BBL and I think – Everybody should get excited, get their teams ready, because I think the first few rounds are going to be crucial. We have a triple game round, first one ever to to kick off round one. Yeah, honestly, I think it could be all done with after round one. If you do not start well in round one and you go average or you go crap, there are going to be some people absolutely killing that round and getting off to a fast start if you're chasing um, overall glory. Uh, on a head-to-head basis, it won't matter. But to be honest, like, uh, I don't like how stacked that round one is. Don't get me wrong. I'll take full advantage of it. But there are so many cheap and valued options this year where it would be nicer if there was a few less doubles. You could have stacked your team better overall and then look, because there's going to be some like gun plays, which I'm sure we'll talk about, that um, fallen guns, I should say, that, you know, there's heaps I'd want to start with, but if you want to go with the tactic to go well for round one and set up for the round two and round three, you're going to have to miss some of these guys. And, like, people like Daniel Sams that I've never not started with, like, I'm not going to be starting with him just because you can't fit them all in. Same with people like Rashid Khan. Like, I worry about some of those guys in the round two and stuff like that just because that round one, you've got to have, in that starting 11, you've got to almost have two from every side and you maybe want three or four heats. It's crazy. It, it, it's honestly nuts. And earlier this year, I did a podcast with Glenn a few weeks ago and his son ranked in the top 10 uh, two years in a row for BBL. And he gave this advice. I'm, I'm giving hot information right now. The advice was to always plan for the next round. Don't plan for the round ahead because if you're more prepared for the next round and you're able to say – Say the next round, uh, the stars have the buy. Get in a lot of stars players, and then on your bench you can have the risky players. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I don't think you can do that this year. I think you've got to pretty much stack your team for round one, and then let round two and round three come because this is by far the biggest potential scoring round of the year, by far. Like looking at the draw, every other round the most. Double game uh, teams is two, no, sorry, three, and this one is four with a triple game. So it's round one is so crucial, and I don't think you can uh, set your team up for the season apart from uh, round one. Yeah, there's definitely a strategy to it. So, like, my rankings have been pretty good the past four seasons, and my, my tactic is simple. 
pump up for the doubles and always be one round ahead. And I think you can still do that. I think you need to try and carry a striker on your bench. And then at the same time, I wouldn't stack up on as many stars. Yes, they start with a double. Then they have a buy and another double. But I reckon one to two. Just because realistically, with the one star or two star that you have, example, before starting with Glenn Maxwell, which I think it'd be ludicrous if you don't, I wouldn't be selling Maxwell for round two as you have him for round three. So... Having movements in there, you'll be able to try and get a good spread out of all the teams, but then you can also have one striker on your bench, so then you can bring in two or three for next round and have four. Because realistically, when one team's on a double, I think you've got to have a minimum of three, and four is good as well, because then with two plays, you cover the popular, one you cover a pod, and the other one kind of is like, it depends. You might need one on value. But then um, strikers and heat go straight into a buy in round three. So... Um, the, the first three rounds are critical, so really hold your Melbourne players. And I think it's not just – I think there's plenty of quality players out there to get points uh, for the for, for the start. But I think you've got to realistically look at it from a team and get the best value out of team and look at it at a numbers point of view. Like, um, as someone that, like, I'm not – I don't have massive cricket knowledge, but – I have massive like analogy knowledge when it comes to this stuff and just looking at the numbers and colors. Like I'm looking at a graph right now and I'll just stack uh, to a numbers like variable and stack on numbers. So that's exactly what I'll do with this first game where realistically both those Melbourne teams start with a double in round one then they have one in round three. So it's all about making sure I've got enough of a numbers split from each one. But um. There's so much te- – that's the, the confusing thing about Big Bash, Savs, and I know you're more over it than I am, is the amount of players that are on tests. So, like, uh, I've, I've got a draft team here, but I know there's, like, a few people in here. Like, I've got Decock in my side, but I'm pretty sure he'll be out with test duty. So, I kind of – I like to wait to see right up until round one, see what my lineups look, and then I reconfigure. But replacing her – so, if Decock doesn't play, I replace him with another Renegade. So, that way I keep my team variants right. Yeah, it's fu- it's funny you say that about um, I'm not uh, you're not into like cricket as much. You're into the analysis. I feel like being into the analysis in this format helps a lot more because I think from the last few years you've only been analysis and you've consistently landed in the top like thousand every year. Yeah, with don't me, get me wrong. I'll go me, finish. finish. I, I, I'm looking at it from more cricket perspective and not an analysis point of view, and I haven't done that well. Yeah, well, you still done all right, but don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know nothing about Big Bash. You just got me into the cricket, and I, I know. I know all the players, I know where they're from, I'll follow all the signings, but realistically, I only watch and follow the Big Bash, and all the other type of cricket I just hear on the radio. So when it gets come to Big Bash season, I'll look at the Marsh Cup averages, I'll do a little bit of a searching around, but realistically, I don't know much about the juniors coming up, the rest of it, I'll just take gambles on... It's a bit easier with cricket than like rugby league in the AFL because you can take a punt on where they're batting or where they're bowling, and realistically, with the batting, it's 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 a gamble sometimes. The captaincies, yeah. it's it's hit or miss. It's no medium kind of averaging. It's just you either get a big win or you get a big loss. So, um, yeah, you definitely need luck to go your way. So today we're going to speak about the cheapies, the value options, and the keepers, and then we're going to do a little draft team reveal just what our teams are at the moment so (coughs) I want to start off with um, I feel like you can 
have pretty much anyone in your side this year based on the cheapies that are available. So let's kick it off with the guns that we have in our side and ones that you might be leaving out. Uh, yeah, so it's a good point. I think, too, with the cheapies, Savs, um, a lot of them are just players that have gone crap. And like the best thing is you can rely on players that have hit stride before so that's what i like about this season but um my guns mind you as i said i haven't done much into the test and i'll re-alter so if i name someone that you think's not going to play round one i apologize but um yeah i've got mitch marsh will be a set and forget i'm going to start with the scorchers um they've killed it the past few seasons so if mitch marsh is available for round one he will be in there for round one and a guy that's always in my side in Supercoach, he's a staple. Like, he's, he's my Nathan Cleary of NRL Supercoach. It's uh, AJ Ty. I always I always have him. I never not have Ty. Um, to be honest, I have no Dry Richardson at this stage because I think, realistically, my most expensive player is 190, 197, sorry. I feel like you can fit in a lot of guns if you don't spend too much. An extra 50K I can use to hold someone like Darcy Shaw on the bench and a Swepson and kind of use the looping role. Um, and then I've also gone uh, at peak price, um, Sean Abbott. Uh, there's no way from the Sydney Sixers that you, you can't have him. He's yeah, too like scary not to own. I think um, Jai Richardson being a noted omission, he was in my side and he's still in my side at the moment, but he recently got injured. So the, he was about to kick off his Sheffield Shield season and going to come back from injury, but he got injured again. So I think this season again is going to be – it's going to kick off with injury for him, and that's always been the problem with him. He hasn't been able to string it along, and when he has, he's been in the Australian setup. So I think Jai Richardson is probably someone to potentially avoid. Um, but I, I love all your other options. Sean Abbott – I feel like he's not getting the hype he probably de- deserves because he's got nah. the perfect bowling role. And that's that's what's so good about all these doubles. You can't have them all. So there's going to be all these guns that aren't going to be owned as much as what they used to. Um, you've got people like Tommy Curran's coming back. Um, I had Tommy Curran in my side, but recently switched him to a Renegades bowler just because I heard there was a bit of an injury niggle with him. And I heard all these whistles like, oh, I don't want to spend 180 on another Sixers bowler if he's not going to give 100%. Uh, the thing I like about the Sixers too is they don't have a buy. So it's also why, but at the same time, I think I've just got to, as I said, evenly distributed around because I think there is so much value with sixes players and I had four sixes and I'm not going to be able to carry that many from a side with all the jumping around with doubles. So, um, yeah, and just going back to Richardson, I just think if I could only have one uh, Scorchers bowler, I think I'd rather spend 70k less with Ty who... He just he just takes so many wickets, man, and he makes uh, eighty plus so much, like just heaps. He's he's he, awesome. Though. He gets three wickets so often, and his economy rate, he just always hits he's, it. Um, yeah, and with someone like Ty, with Richardson in or out of the side, his role is the same. Whereas when there's a stacked bowling lineup for the Perth Scorchers, Jai Richardson, you know, if he's having an off day, he might not bowl all his overs because they got people like Lance Morris, they've got Berendorf, they've got a stacked bowling lineup. So um, I think Richardson's a fair avoid to start the season. Um, you did say you had 
de Kock. Um, he is actually retired from tests, uh, but there you go. I think his availability. I don't know if he is available from round one, but yeah, I guess that is a wait and see. I have missed Marsh as well. Uh, one notable omission from my side, Matt Short, and I think you've done the same thing. Yeah, but I don't have him at, the, at this stage. Well, give me a sec. These dogs are going nuts. Nah, you talk, so Yeah, so Matt Short is out of my side at the moment. Reason being is because we have all these double game players, even this triple game player uh, in the heat uh, for round one. Adelaide Strikers do have a double game round in round two, but the fact that in round two, we can we can cross that bridge when it comes. Matt Short, I think with all these other players who are on the double and on the triple, you don't need Matt Short. And I think if he gets a low score in round one, then it's just a waste of 250K. I agree with everything you're saying. I understand why people are, but because he's such a gun. Yeah. And the last two seasons, he's been a guy that if you don't own, you've struggled. And last year, I'd done this antipod play and not having him sunk me. So I'll definitely own him for round two. Um, and then I could see myself offloading him for round three and then bringing him back for around the round five. Like I'm just going to see how he performs, but I think with all the other quality options and the amount of doubles... I don't want to be spending 240k on a guy. I'm going to have 10 of those players will be playing doubles. I'll have one that probably plays later in the round. So then that way, the best thing to do is uh, use your emergencies on your bench. But realistically, I want to have them all as double players too. So then I can target the first game playing. Uh, if they end up scoring like a 60-70, get them in. So um, that's that's kind of the strategy around there. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you with Matt Short. But um I'd be very nervous because he can hit a score of what a player can hit in two games in just one. Um, This time last year, I was pretty much saying avoid Matt Short. He had a career year the year before, and there's no way this type of player who hasn't proven it before can back it up. I think he can. Him backing it up last year just proves he's got that skill, and he's pretty much going to dominate this competition until he's a regular in the Australian side. Uh, I think that's pretty much where his trajectory is going. So I'm reluctantly leaving him out, but I think it's a smart move considering all these doubles. Like it's the luck of the draw that round one. Uh, He's in good form in his one day, uh, in the one day tournament at the moment in the Marsh Cup. He scored a couple of hundreds, but I think leaving him out and putting someone like Michael Nessa at 194K in your side with a triple game round is it's a no brainer in my opinion. Yeah. I've, I've done the same thing. And personally, if you look at the heat straw, they've got to buy in round three. So I personally think that I would even, even if Nisa kills it, I would go a Nisa to a Matt short trade in round two as then round three, they have a buy. Yes. Matt short will then has a buy in round three, but there is no way you cannot own Matt short for round two. Yeah. So you, if you're not going to start with him, you've got to think, how am I going to yeah. flip to get that extra cash? Because you're not going to want to sell your renegades and stars players as they've got the thing again in round three. That's why you've always got to, with your move cross reference it. Yeah. Like the thing is you don't have to save trades in this, but you don't want to sell yourself short to them losing a gun play for around. Like, that's that's where the, the math is and, like, there's a lot of thought that goes yeah. into it. Well, with Nessa, like, I remember last year we all jumped on him when he had a double game and he absolutely killed it. And then the single games, like, he'd have good ones in between, but um, 
it was the really the double game ones where he really hurt you. So he, uh, with all these players, like I think Matt Short is the only guy that can hurt you not owning when he's not playing a double. But I think that's just the risk you're willing to take. And it's honestly a no-brainer just having someone like Michael Nesser in your side uh, over him. I think uh, Mitch Marsh has as much um, – it scares me as much as what Matt Short does. I think well, both Mitch of those Marsh guys – in round one, so I think it's a really good yeah, vice-captain yeah. slash captain play to have them two in your side. Uh, we'll yeah. Move on to the value options. Uh, value options will kind of range between 140K and 90K. Yeah. Before so, we do, Sabs, just quickly, I think it might be important to note that with the, it's the first time we've seen a triple round, and I'm very worried with Brisbane Heat. Like, we don't know if by selecting these Brisbane Heat players, because there's a lot of value in them, will they will they play three? Will they rest? How's the strategy? Because yes, yeah. they're playing a triple, but they've got the same amount of games as everyone else. So I think they might want to start fast and try and jag up the three wins. But like, we don't know. Like, surely there are going to be some players that get rest, and then that's the hard part to navigate. But I guess two games is still better than. This is still better than one, but it's what's your funny thoughts? you mention that because I've only got two heat players in my side, and a lot of other I wouldn't say experts, but a lot of other people who like do little podcasts and content and stuff are saying you need at least three or four. The quality four. isn't the quality isn't there for me, and I think you're better mm. off loading up with these double game players who have quality in them. So, like, I think. The, the appeal of double games and, in this case, triple games is getting multiple bites at the cherry. It's not necessarily compounding a big score with a big score because rarely that happens. And when that does, like, it's usually someone who's highly captained anyway. I think the fact that you don't want to get three 20 scores and get 60, like... I've got Schwepson in my side who's 70K. I, I think with him, like... He bowls three or four overs. He can probably get at least 60, and it's kind of a risk-free play, but he's not a play compared to someone like a Zampa who in two games can get easily over 100. So I'm what I'm kind of saying is quality over quantity. Yeah, which is fair, but I think as well with the amount of options we have, you could buy, like example, Josh Brown at 88K, good value. If you went 100% on him, you could chuck him on your bench, give him the E. If he performed, Brisbane Heat play the first game, so you've got to look at that. The fact yep. they play the first game, I've got a Brisbane Heat on both my ba- uh, batting and bowling bench. So if both of them kill it, I can bring in like someone that I think might play later as a kind of AE and start off on a bank. Um, with the value that could short behind you, but that strategy does work if you want to hit high score. I so that. I love that tactic, yeah. and I think that yeah, I think you've got to with the amount of doubles on. I think you're going to have to set it up like that in case it happens. I think with someone like um, uh, when Glenn was telling me that tactic plan for the next round, I think that's the main strategy you got to be using is having two bites at the cherry by using someone on your bench. I know Jake does that heavily in Jake Rakes. Well, like, yeah, it's, it's it's a play that has to be utilised. As I said, uh, I think the year before it, it was a bit better, but he he did rank ahead of me. The year before that, we both were in the top 100. I was in the, both in the top 50, actually. Uh, but, um, 
yeah, that you've you've got to you don't have to use it and you don't have to bring an AE in, but you've got to set it up in case it happens. So the Brisbane Heat and the Stars play first. So realistically, you're going to want to have a Brisbane Heat and the Stars guy, just cheap ones in case like they're, they're getting a couple of bites at the cherry. Yeah. So I think you want that in case, and that will also set you up for money making too if they kill it. For sure. Okay, so going into our value options, who's at the top of your list? Um, let's just quickly, uh, quick ones. We don't have to go over them too much, but ones that aren't playing the double, but I'm still going to have. Uh, ben McDermott at 88K. Um, yeah. There's no way. I, 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 don't, I know they don't play a double, but they don't have a buy either. At 88K, he's someone that I need to have floating around because he could hit, he could go nuts in one game and then just bump up in price. Uh, Darcy Short, um, they go straight into the uh, the double at the next round. So as I said, I wanted to start with one strikers player, one cheap strikers player. Perfect, because then I can have better quality players. I think, yeah, them two. Um, also, kind of like my pod value pick. Um, or wait, actually, before we go into doubles, another one that's not playing the double that I do have at this stage is... Uh, T Sanger, Tanvir Sanger from the My Sydney Thunder yep. at 83k, another cheap value one. These guys are like they're they're all taking my cheapy spots and enable me to have guns. Um, yeah, I might probably lose one to another double player, but yeah, other than that, I'm stacked with doubles. Yeah, I love that. There's so many options, and you know I've done exactly the same thing. Uh, Maxwell and Stoinis are in my side. They do have the round two buy. But we saw what Maxwell did in that World Cup game. I'm very excited for him coming in back to the BBL. Stoinis, the same thing. Um, bit weird. Like, he got shifted to number four last year, number five, number six sometimes. So, interesting to see how his season plays out. But we, we know what he's capable of. McDermott, same thing. Uh, Josh Felipe at 102,000. I think that's... Must have. You've you got to start with him, with his capabilities. 100K for your main wicketkeeper, beautiful. The fact that he's a wicketkeeper, you can chuck in the batsman area, um, opens the batting, double game week to start off. Uh, you have If you have DeCock or McDermott, then it becomes you're able to sweep. Always like having a chance to be able to switch my wicketkeepers and batters. So I always like to have three wicketkeepers in my got, side. I've got all three of them. Uh, Felipe is in my batting and McDermott and DeCock are in my wicketkeepers. For, yeah, for me, it's if DeCock, uh, do you reckon he'll open? Yes, Where do you reckon sure. he'll play? Sure. Yeah, see, for me, I want him to open at 180K, first big bash, because uh, we see so many times where these high-profile batters come in and they just stink it up. Yeah. So I do think he is priced pretty high, but I think with the kind of players, and I remember watching um, test matches with him in it, uh, with you and uh, you and Nick, and bro, that's where I've, I remember him all the way from back then, so I like, I've, I've got to start with him. He's He's... Like, no joke, he's my favorite international player by far. Yeah, so it's like you, you gotta you got to start with him because you like him. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of a pod value pick. You said 140Ks right on the brink of it, but um, I did have Peter Siddles, also another good one, going yeah. to the Renegades if he gets a bowling lineup. But at this stage, I've gone Kane Richardson. Yep. Um, he, he's, he's another one. that 140K is probably one of the cheapest starts he's had with him. He's a kind of player that gets to 180, 190. Yep. Um, and I honestly think the Renegades have the best side on paper for this season. Yep. Uh, apart from like the Scorchers, just no matter what, they, they, they perform no matter who they have in their side. But that Renegades side, like I hope they do really well. That's, that's a good-looking side, man. They've got a bit of hit everywhere. And no matter who they have in that side, Richardson's still going to have um, – 
he'll still bowl the four overs. He's still going to be in that lineup. It's, he's, you know, one of their experienced players. So I kind of like him for his price. I have him penciled in at this stage, but definitely could change. There's too many options. One instead of potentially Cambridge and Spencer Johnson uh, came onto the scene last year for the Brisbane Heat. Absolutely killed it. Triple game week to start the first round, 125k. I, yeah, I think as as Heat strike bowler, it's hard to hard to ignore him. It just depends how they line up, Savs, and if you're worried about restings because he seems like a guy that could get rested like look at when Bartlett come on the scene massive two games then he gets rested like the way they they rotate their bowlers into lineups is what stresses me out because they've got so many of them don't they yeah because Bartlett's there around 133k like I'd like to see who I think is going to stay and bowl the four overs over those three games and pick them but it'd be a bit of a gamble where if I pick someone like Richardson he's going to play the two games but I like to call on Spencer Johnson. I think he'll be a pretty low low to mid option. Yeah, um, yeah I, I can't argue with there. Um, what about um, – here's a cheapie for you. Uh, Daniel Hughes. Like, I know that he was in and out of the side last year. But this year, um, I was looking at the Marsh Cup runs. He was in the top five for yep. most Marsh Cup runs. So coming in with a bit of form, if for some reason he can get into that top four batting lineup at 62K, I think it's a no-brainer, right? He should it's just open if he makes the batting, a way in. but I think it's definitely a coin toss between him and Jack Edwards. Jack Edwards has been uh, – he's been bowling a lot and he's been bowling much better this season in the Marsh Cup. So – I'm very keen on Jack Edwards just because I think he, he might get that spot or he, or he could bat lower in the order and get runs. If he does bat lower in the order, I'd still be kind of keen on him because I think he does get a bowling role. Um, but it all depends on oh, yeah. what the lineup in their side is. But I, Their price yeah. is fine. So I think whoever really gets that spot, then you can just interchange him because I yeah. like having that uh, sixes cheapy to start with. You can put an emergency on them because yep. they play the second game. Yeah, that's it. So you can utilize that. I think Hughes will open. Um, I'm pretty sure he's captain, isn't he? He didn't play last year. No, last year wasn't the captain. Um, was it Moses? No, nah, he wasn't the captain either. What's uh, Henriques? Henriques? Yeah, Moses. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were, yeah, Moses and, yeah, yeah you're Mitchell right, Moses, Moses and Reeks, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Mitchell Moses, yeah. No, I was thinking of Ben Washes, and that's what oh, I come to mind most. Yeah, it's, it's Moses and Reeks. I just know Abbott didn't play many games last year. Like, he was constantly, like, there, you know, just out of the, in and out yeah, of the side. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's why I'm hoping he gets a reprieve. He hasn't got as much hype. Yeah, so obviously, if he starts in around that starting lineup, you take a gamble that he comes out of the gate, performs well, and makes some cash. Yep, uh, another bottom dollar cheapie. Jake, Jake Fraser McGurk uh, scored the quickest Marsh Cup fifty the other day, a uh, hundred the other day, the other week actually. Um, I don't know if he gets in with Decock, Marsh, Finch, Manson around. Manson is injured, but if Decock doesn't play that first game and McGurk is named. 62k. I I don't mind it. I just think he might um, take his opportunity with both hands. I think he's kind of matured as a cricketer in the last year, and yeah, he might want to nail down that position. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You're personally not one that I'd be starting with, but um, 
Yeah, it could be good. Just while I was hearing you talk that, man, just looking at there's so many guys around the 120K barrier that are just so underpriced. Like, you got Alex Hales. Like, it just sucks because they don't have the doubles. Like, at 125, who I always have, but I just can't fit him in at this stage. Um, Like, you look at your bowlers and you've got Majeeb, you've got Zampa, you've got um, Rashid Card. Like, two of those three are on doubles. Aaron Finch with the batting. Like, there is so much value where, like, you might decide, okay, instead of Dukok, if Finch starts, I'm going to... Or if he opens, sorry, you're going to put Finch in instead, save that 65K, flip another one of your cheapies to another 120K guy. Um, but realistically, from the start, if you plan well, you're going to be able to jump to some of these players like Rashid Khan with ease. So it's all about just navigating through that first part. So I guess when planning, you just got to make sure you know who you can jump off to. And guys like Joe Clark's now at the Renegades, 139, like uh, Hayden Kerr, 141 uh, with Tom Curran. Where does he kind of sit in that lineup? So, yeah. man, there is there is so many, so many options. Um, there, yeah, there, there's a lot. And uh, leading up to the BBL season, we'll go through each team uh, leading up to it, but uh, we'll do a quick team reveal. I think most of us are on our first draft, uh, but I'll start off. I've got Quinton de Kock, Ben McDermott in my keeper area, uh, Batsman, Nessa, Maxwell, Stoinis, Felipe, Darcy Short, Fraser McGurk, and Edwards on my bench. In my bowlers, Richardson, Marsh, Curran, Siddle, Swepson, Zampa, and Sanger at the moment. Yeah, nice, nice side. Um, I've got Philippe, and I've got Whiteman, who actually was in the top 10 Marsh Cup runs too, yeah, so I've just got him in there it. as a cheapie. Yeah, so I've got him in there back at the Scorchers. Yeah. So if you can get in the top four batting there, uh, I'm all over him. Uh, Batsman, I've got Mitch Marsh, DeCock, Kawaja, I know pending test. I've just got him in for now. There's heaps of 125. Brown, McDermott, Hughes, and Darcy Short. And in the bowlers, I've stacked up with Abbott, Ty, Maxwell, Richardson, Nizar, Sanger, and Swepson. And I've got about 50k left to play with. Awesome. So that, that's only that's only my one, first draft. I haven't made any changes. That's what I come up with first thing. And I'm just going to leave it till we see the lineups come. Because there's so many options. You've got to wait to see these lineups. Who's going to miss? Who's going to miss out? So uh, I think a lot will change from that. Yeah, that that's it. We're still four weeks away. So I think very rough draft sides. And yeah, there's... Yeah, there's still a lot to pan out before we actually get to round one, but I think uh, leading up to round one, we'll have more of an idea and going through each team, we'll be able to kind of assess what each bowling and batting lineup looks like. Um, but this is, I guess, just a first thoughts and um, yeah, I th- think that's about it, Mikey. Yeah, obviously Jake was a late scratching, so it'll be good to hear his thoughts next time. And um, I think as we get closer and closer, then as you said, we can kind of do a bit of a team analysis because there are so many options in each side. I think maybe for round one, we should just focus on focus on the double plays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then after that, we'll try and pump out as much as we can. But it's a bit crazy to have a set schedule for BBL podcasts just with how constant the rounds flick over. It is. The plan is to just do the podcast before it kicks off and then we'll, we'll tackle it from there because I think as the week goes on, us recording on a Tuesday when when we can kind of do the podcast is kind of redundant when even round one uh, starts on a Thursday. So round two would nearly be done by the time we record. So... Um, yeah, it's just it's going to be a tough kind of gig, but um, we'll do what we can. And uh, thanks for jumping on for the first BBL podcast. We're not far away from no. NRL either. 
yeah, glad, yeah, glad I could make it, and yeah, and they're all not too far away, so keen to get back onto that train too. So the break's been nice, but I do enjoy my break from an NRL super coach to the BBL one just to get your brain reset and get fired up for this one. It feels like a Maybe holiday that, yeah. super coach, doesn't it? Yeah, because like I love super coach for death, man, but it is a, it's a it's, second job. It's a second job for sure. You think about it when you go to sleep, you think about it all the time. Like, that's why with this one, I can just relax till it starts and then, uh, yeah, it's a bit more chilled, I think. You should play. Well, those, yeah. You should play NBL Supercoach because I, I legit don't even remember that it's on until halfway through the week. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw that, but I, I purposely I knew if I did, I'd take it too seriously. I'd start learning the basketball when I don't even like basketball, yeah. and I really wanted the break. Yeah. Um, I was happy to have a break. Nah, it feels like I'm having a break, even though I am playing still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, maybe one year, but at the moment, I'm fine just pouring everything I got into NRL and Big Bash because yeah, it's weird. Right, to think it. And yeah. uh, we'll see you next time. Saturday, guys.